0: All right, hey, we're doing another Devo with Jamie and Patrick. Excited to be with you as always. And today we get a chance to be uh, on the road. This, is, these are our rules for the road. And
1: Patrick, uh, where's our stop along the road today? Well, we're gonna stop at off at a the off ramp of John Twelve. But before we get there, John Twelve, I'd I really want to ask you, Jamie, what is your favorite yes. road sign?
0: Oh man. I'm glad you asked this question, and I say that because I really am glad that you asked this question. Uh, one of my favorite road signs, there's there's a few, and there's some specific ones I like. I always like when you're traveling across the country, which people don't normally do, but there's these signs that welcome you to the state. Oh, yeah. And um, when, you're, when you're welcomed to the state, it, it depends on the state how, what the sign looks like. So some of them are just straight up business. It's like, "Welcome to California" or "Welcome to Nevada" or just boring like whatever. Actually, Nevada's not that boring. The one that I love the most is Colorado. Oh. It all oh, they say, "Welcome to Colorful Colorado," and the road sign looks like it was homemade by some like craft person, but there's <laughs> many of them. Like they put they put a lot of them up there. Oh. And it, it's become popular enough that people will stop on the side of the road to get a picture with the sign. Um, and so they've put them actually at some road stops so people can safely uh, stop along, along the road, like in an actual real parking lot. Right. Um, so they can get a picture with the Welcome to Colorful Colorado sign. So that's uh. one of the road signs that I really like. But the road sign that I think is super funny is the road sign that is a warning sign. It's one of those yellow uh, kind of um, squares that's turned on an angle, so it's more of a diamond shape. And it has a car, and it has squiggly lines, and it's to tell you that like the, the road is like a little bit uh, uh, curvy. But <laughs> someone once posted that it looks like it's two snakes chasing the car, and oh. I can't unsee that, because that road sign actually looks like There's snakes chasing
1: the car. So whenever I see it, I think of snakes chasing a car. Well, that's funny you say that's one of your favorite signs because that's my favorite sign too. No way. I see that sign, and I see it as like, be careful when you're doing a burnout. (laughs) Or like, you have to drift on this road. You know, get your car sideways kind of thing. So I see it more as like a, you know... Watch out if you're doing a burnout because burnouts are loud here, kind of a thing. Yes. I, you know,
0: that, I guess that also, I'm, I pulled up a Google image of that sign and I can see where you'd think that. The best part of it is whatever car they're driving is like some super boxy car and it's one guy driving on, you know, by themselves. Uh, it's kind of a funny road sign. Well, Patrick, uh, we're going to keep moving ahead
1: and we're going to end up in John 12. Now what are we reading in John 12? We're going to go through verses 12 through 19 and you know we're talking about we travel in cars and in this yeah. passage we're going to learn about how Jesus traveled around and that's via donkey. Now, oh yeah. <laughs> I you have if you're riding on a donkey, you have plenty of time all the time in the world to see a street sign because You're not, you're not going fast. So let's check out this passage, John chapter 12, starting at verse 12, um, a very popular passage around Easter time. Uh, So you may have heard it before the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Palm Sunday passage. This outlined right there. I think we've talked about this with students before. So if you want to learn more specifically about that from a student's perspective, go ahead and check out the one amazing life podcast episode 14 and we talk about that there with ezra ben and matthew but back to the devotional we're going to take a deep dive at this so jamie quick before we start verse 12 it says the great crowd had come for the festival yes uh what what festival was going on here so yeah, that's that's a good point you're making right here. Um,
0: the great crowd had come for the festival. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem for the Passover week. This is like the big festival. It's party time. Um, just to give you kind of an idea of, of Passover and how big of a deal it was, people in the entire country would show up to one city for this. They would travel great distances. They would take off like a lot of time from the things they were normally doing so that they could make it there. They would come as, as complete families. They would all show up. You might remember um, Jesus when he was a young boy came into Jerusalem for the Passover. and uh, And there's like a giant train of people that come into Jerusalem for that. And there isn't really even enough room in the city for people to stay. So they stay on the outskirts of town, which is what Jesus actually does too. He stays in Bethany. Uh, and so we have this like crazy scene of all these people coming in for the Passover. And if you remember all the way back to the book of Exodus, the Passover was when it was, it was kind of the last of the plagues to Egypt. So God's people are in Egypt; they're slaves, and they want their freedom. And God wants to give them their freedom. And so, the last plague is the plague of the firstborn. So, the firstborn son is going to be uh, be killed. And the only way that the people of Israel can save their firstborn sons is to take the blood of a lamb and to put that over the doorpost, the top of, um, of, their, uh, of their house, their front door. And so they do that, and they get this very specific instruction. And so then what happens is as the angel of death, is, is what it, it says in, in Scripture, goes through, it passes over that house and goes uh, on to the next house. Uh, and so the idea is that because of the blood of the Lamb, These firstborn children are saved. And that is like a very formational thing for the people of Israel. It is a festival still celebrated today. It's a big deal. And it's also why, just to let you guys know, we celebrate Easter, right, in accordance with Passover. And people are always like, well, wait a minute. Why is Easter like never the same? Like Easter isn't always the same month. It's not always the same day. Uh, it always changes and that's because it's following the Jewish calendar. it's it's connected to Passover. It's not connected to kind of like the date that like for example Christmas it's kind of an arbitrary date um, and it has more to do with our Western calendar and in that time. So anyway that's a lot of information but basically we're looking at Passover Jesus is coming into town for Passover. Um, and think about it like this too. I don't know if you've ever gone to like a retreat or a conference or a thing where everyone shows up and there's kind of like the welcome reception of like, Oh, Hey, let's see who's showing up. Maybe it's even a house party, a bunch of people show up and everyone pays attention to, uh, the showing up. Um, you, you kind of like, everyone's looking like, Hey, who's going to be here? You know, are the important people going to be here? Are The cool people going to be here. Let's, let's check this out. We want to see who's showing up. And so in some ways, this is like the day when you have the people are all
1: showing up and everyone's looking to see who's around. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And uh, it's. I think it's cool. You know, Jesus is showing up. They're taking palm branches out and they're like laying them down. They're waving them and they're shouting Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And this just reminds me of a parade. Like if this was happening oh, today, yeah. Jesus would be riding in like on the back of a convertible or like on a big yeah, float and kind of like right. kind of waving. I mean, maybe not though. Cause it's Jesus. Maybe he would actually still, you know, take something. He'd be driving his, like his little beat up pickup truck. You know, yeah, I like to keep uh, driving a truck. An old Dodge Colt. Which is yeah. an actual car. He'd be driving <laughs> yeah. a Dodge Colt or, or a borrow. VW like Rabbit, but no, the Colt is better. So, oh, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd probably be driving alone and, you know, just kind of cruising <laughs> in. And uh, it's like a parade. And, you know, that's cool. Jamie, have you ever even been in a parade? Uh, I have been in a parade. Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, man. I'm trying
0: to remember which one I was in.
1: Been so I was many, in a,
0: uh. <laughs> uh, well you know I was in a marching band for a while and oh. when you're in a marching band that you know functions or even partially functions they uh, and there's a parade you know like local small town parades they they let you uh, they let you be in the parade um, just because you know you guys are everyone has the same uniform on and you make music and so that's great um, but the coolest parade I was ever in was I got to march through the streets of Disneyland in the marching Whoa. band. Whoa, nice. That was pretty cool. Uh, and so as Disneyland is so professional, man, that place is like scary professional. Right. So we showed up on a bus. They, they took us into like the background of Disneyland, which isn't fancy. It's like portable trailers and um, it just doesn't look nice. And so they put us all in like, okay, this is your dressing room. And so like everyone put on their uniforms. We got our instruments. We put our cases down. And then there was like one person telling us where to go. And they're like, okay, here's where you're going to go. Here's the way you're going to march. And here's where you're going to exit. And so we said like, oh, all right, we'll do this. So we hit our formation. We did our deal. We went through. And every part of Disneyland where like every, you know, 100 feet or so it felt like, the intercom system would come on and would announce who we were. It was like super cool. Wow! So you would hear like that Disneyland announcer voice uh, would come in and say, "You know, marching band from San Diego or from San De High School," which is crazy. we were like, "When did they record this?" Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then we marched through Disneyland. We played our songs, and then we marched out and we left. And we ended up being in. Um, we ended up being back in the same place we were at and we're like, whoa, that was, that was crazy. But it was cool to watch people turn and look at us and see who we were uh, and, and try to like, you know, see like, oh, who are these people? They must be a big
1: deal. That is super cool. Yeah. Now, what about you? Have you ever been in a, in a parade? Yeah, I have been in a parade. Uh, one of the parades that I was in was the first one I was ever in. I was in like fourth grade. Or fifth grade, and I walked in the Encinitas holiday parade. It's always oh, yeah. the first weekend of December, Classic. and I carried this giant sign with a few other people that was introducing the teacher of the year for the school that I went to. Very uh, nice. So I just walked holding the sign, kind of you know basic, but uh, yeah. So not as cool as yours though. That man, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. Well, the best part of it was after they're like, okay, you guys get to go in the park and go on rides. Nice. (laughs) That is super cool. That was the, that was the best part. So then we got to hang out in Disneyland for free, which that's pretty cool. But you know, unlike the, your Disneyland experience, the disciples were experiencing something a little different. You know, Jesus comes in and the disciples, it says verse 16, they did not understand at all. They didn't understand all of this. They didn't know what was going on. It says only after Jesus was glorified, did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now it's important to notice that, that anytime you see in the new Testament where it says, as it is written, it's quoting something that was written in the past. And so uh, the verse 15 is a reference to Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine, that says, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your King comes to you. And I think that the disciples knew they had read, you know, what was going to happen, but they, it took them a little while to start to connect the dots. It's like, if you're, if you read, yeah, the disciples they're kind of like wondering what in the world is going on.
0: And you you have to know too, like there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things they're thinking about. They're not just thinking about Passover. They're not just thinking about church. They're thinking about a lot of stuff. So like Mm -hmm. just to give you some context for it, they're pretty sure that people are going to try to kill Jesus. Um, We know in Bethany where Jesus had raised, and it mentions this in here, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead when you raise someone from the dead who's been in a tomb, who comes out of the tomb still wrapped up like a mummy, uh, when you when you do that, and people are there and they see that happen, uh, it's gonna it's gonna cause a stir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right. not something that people just brush off as well. I guess maybe we didn't think he was dead enough or something, right? Like this is this is gonna create quite a problem uh, for folks who are in power. Mm -hmm. They're going to see it and they're going to say, this is a person we have to deal with. We either have to proclaim him as a real prophet. We have to proclaim him as the real Messiah. um, Or we have to say, this person is a false prophet and we have to do away with them. Right? So... Jesus is creating a, a problem for the power structure. business as usual isn't going to happen. So as the disciples are, are coming into in fact when Jesus raised uh, Lazarus from the dead, the disciples and and Jesus they like didn't really they seemed like they didn't really want to go there because they were going into a place where they knew the um, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they knew that they wanted to take Jesus out. It was not safe for their lives. So they're going into a town, into a city where they know they could be the victims of violence. And that's like, that brings a whole nother dimension to it. Like we think like, oh yeah, they're going to go to a big church party. Well, yeah, kind <laughs> of. But at the same time, there's some fear. right, uh, About coming into this town. At the same time, it's also, like, the biggest party of the year, and so there's, like, a fun, you know, there's a fun kind of celebratory thing that's happening with it. At the same time, there's, uh, they're dealing with um, just the majesty of coming into a big giant town. You know, the building and the temple, these are, like, the biggest structures around, um, it's kind of like when you drive into a city and you look up and you see the big giant buildings, you're like you're a little awestruck. Mm-hmm. So some of that might be happening. Um, they're also probably seeing people that haven't seen in a long time. Uh, they know like, Oh, my buddy lives over
1: here. I want to go see them. So it's just like a whole lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it says, you know, a lot of people had heard about what Jesus had done raising Lazarus, Lazarus from the tomb. Uh, and so, and it says all these people wanted to go and meet Jesus, go and meet him. And so you don't really know for the disciples. They don't know if these people are excited. They don't know if they're mad. They don't know what's going on. They don't know if they're like the Pharisees who are kind of getting irritated, uh, this whole mass of people, everyone has different feelings and emotions and the disciples, like you said, are kind of, you know, taking a little bit of a risk showing up. Yeah, you're right. They're taking a risk
0: showing up. Uh, and they've taken a lot of risks along the way showing up that it's not always, it hasn't always been a smooth road for them, but what has been smooth or what has been good is Jesus has always gotten them out of, you know, the scrap, the, the scrapes and the, and um gotten them out of all of the hardship. Uh, they've been able to be successful in their mission. Um, you know, they haven't been beaten up, they haven't been arrested. Uh, they haven't had the persecution. Yes, they've you know been run out of towns and things like that, but they haven't quite had the level of like physical violence that we're gonna see that's going to happen because remember Jesus is coming in, Uh, We celebrate this now in church as Palm Sunday. Um, And so what's happening here is Jesus will be arrested and killed on Friday. You know, we're just days away, right? From Jesus, uh,
1: the end of Jesus' life. Yeah. But he's there. He's still in there. He's there with the disciples. And and the disciples start to put all the pieces together um, and realize what's going on. And they stick with him too. They don't they don't retreat. It doesn't say the disciples realized what was going on and bailed, you know, ran. It says the disciples realized what what was going on because it has been written and they they stayed. And you know, we we say the word the great crowd uh in the beginning of
0: this, and you're like, "Well, how many people would that great crowd be?" There's one estimate that I read that that someone in early, I don't know if it's Josephus or someone in in early uh, like the first century, writing about this time, said that some of these Passover festivals were so big that they had to bring in a quarter of a million lambs um, for the Passover. Now, Whoa. one lamb... Now, here's part of the rules for this is a lamb had to be eaten completely. I know that sounds kind of gross or whatever, but, like, you weren't supposed to have leftovers, after a Whoa. passover meal. So what that means is it wasn't one it wasn't like there was one lamb for one person. In fact, it may have been that there was one lamb for four people or five people or six people. So some people would estimate that there were 2 million people in Jerusalem for a big festival. So when it says great crowd, it's not like a thousand people. It's like who knows, man. It could be a massive amount of people. So the great crowd, right, they take palm branches. Why palm branches? There's actually a verse in my Bible that kind of points us to Leviticus where it says, on the first day, you're going to take branches from luxuriant trees, from palms, willows, and other leafy trees, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Um, so this is, this is kind of some Levitical law. Uh, but basically, I guess the idea is you take palm fronds and, like, Wave them around and shout and rejoice Hmm. But they do something Interesting with them they take these To shout and rejoice it's kind of like I'm trying to think of like When we go like if you've ever Been a Pittsburgh Steeler fan or Watched a game they have a a thing Called the terrible towel have you ever seen That oh is that what you like wave Around all it is Is a little towel and everyone starts waving them Around their heads and when they wave them around Their heads it's kind of intimidating Or there's other, you know, things that people will take at football games just to make a bunch of noise uh, or to, you know, make a bunch of attention. Like the big inflatable tubes that you bang and they make a funny sound. Exactly. Those big inflatable (laughs) tubes that you smack together and it makes a really loud sound. So it's kind of like that, right? The palm, these palm branches are, are to celebrate and to worship God. And these people, maybe not even knowing what they're doing, they take these, they kind of are riled up. They take these palm branches and all of a sudden someone's coming into town and they hear that it's this Jesus guy and they're like, this guy must be a prophet. And then they think maybe he's the Messiah. Maybe he's the king who's supposed to come. And when the king comes, he's supposed to do away with the Roman oppression because Rome is still in charge of these people. So they're like, wow, we can be a mighty nation again. And so as Jesus is writing in, they shout Hosanna, which means, which basically saying save us. But it, it also has become an, ex, an exclamation of praise. So it's praising God. Uh, it's directed towards God. So save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? And that's Psalm 118.25 says that in twenty six. The, the Hosanna part, and then blessed is the king of Israel. So now we see um, that Jesus is being called the king of Israel. This isn't the first time that that's happened in the book of John. John one forty nine, Nathaniel Nathanael declares, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. We have this crazy scene of people Doing this and laying, you know, laying their coats down on the ground and like just they're, they're effectively, they're worshiping and they're worshiping Jesus. That's pretty crazy to think about because in only a few days,
1: Jesus will be denied, abandoned and killed. Yeah. But what a cool experience, you know? Yeah. Getting to see that and be there. I wish I could be, you know, just someone even on the outskirts to get to witness Um, That scene So what's our rule for the road for this? There's
0: a lot of different rules for the road I think one thing that we haven't talked about Is that a king coming into a town Riding on a donkey versus a horse uh, Is a sign of peace Mm -hmm. And Jesus is a king A prince of peace Right And so maybe the rule for the road is When you enter into a new place or a new
1: town uh, Do so with peace Yeah That's a good rule Don't go in, you know, ready to be aggressive or attack or, you know, change things up. Go in with an open mind, open heart, peacefully. Go in on on a donkey instead of a horse. There you go. Hey, donkeys, not horses. That's
0: our rule for the road. There you go.